Casey crashed his car, loading it into the hauler. James' car just caught on fire out of nowhere. And I don't even have a car, or at least a primary. We're all going to the backup car here on the Backup Car Podcast. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Back of Car Podcast, episode 16, I think? Yeah, we're up to 16. That's crazy that we've been able to make it this far. Um, And we keep going, you know? There's no stopping the backup car, that is, because uh, unless the backup car gets in an accident during the race, I guess then it stops. But there's a lot going on in the sport, a couple rivalries heating up, but before we get into any of that... Uh, I want to first uh, just say we're Dale Jarrett. We're thinking about you. Dale Jarrett has recently come down with uh, COVID nineteen. So Dale Jarrett, best wishes. Hope you're getting better. Get better soon, and can't wait to be uh, seeing you at the track. So I think James, I'll let you take over for the next quick information. The NASCAR Hall of Fame announced Tuesday its three inductees for the class of twenty twenty one. The late Mike Stefanik. The uh, one of the like, yeah, probably the oldest driver on the planet right now, 87 year old Red Farmer is in the Hall of Fame for uh, next winter and Dale Earnhardt Jr., who may be the uh, uh, subject of some scrutiny with the Hall of Fame. He wasn't particularly remarkable on the racetrack when all was said and done, but all that he has done for the sport outside of the racetrack. All the commercials he's been in, the the announce the announcer's booth that he's in right now. He's been absolutely fantastic for the sport. He had some of the best moments in NASCAR history. He's the only driver to ever go four straight at Talladega. He is he has is the winner of two Daytona five hundreds and you two know Xfinity Series championships back to back. Tips right. And uh Stefanik nine championships in something that wasn't cup uh bush a cup uh, xfinity series or the trucks so ultimately it, it it might his his induction into the hall of fame may not be because of his performance on the track but it's everything that he's done over his career in nascar yeah a, a lot of people talk about dale jr uh jr just Oh, is how is he deserving? Junior has been. It, it doesn't matter that you know they always say, oh, if you win the championship, you're representing NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt Junior has represented NASCAR for since he got into the sport. Since Dale Earnhardt's death, uh, he's been the most popular driver. He's been just at the forefront of everything NASCAR. It doesn't matter uh, if you don't know the sport, you know the name Dale Earnhardt Junior. And uh, it's just he's done a lot to advocate for change in the sport and really been a great voice for this sport. And I'm just I'm happy for him, and I think he's very very deserving of getting I've... in. Same thing with Mike Stefanik and Red Farmer. I mean Stefanik, he was a wheeling champion. It's just still a NASCAR sanctioned series. His yep. talent is undeniable. Um, you know, rest in peace, Mike. Uh, he's, you know, what a, what a, uh, legend, legend, all these guys, they're proving their, get them getting into the hall of fame. That's their legendary status. Um, I don't know, Casey, you wanted to add anything. I don't mean to totally skip over you. Um, oh no, you're good. It's, um, good to, good to see all three of them get in. 
uh, Stefanik, obviously with heavy, you know, heavy modified roots, um, you know, growing up, even getting into the cup series, I'd still go and see the, I'd go and see the modifieds every so often. Um, or, but I remember Bush North, I want to say, Oh, three, I went and saw, um, and those guys like, you know, Mike Stefanik, Ted Christopher, uh, like a lot of the modified guys who are up that way. So Mike Doug Stefanik, Colby. In the, oh, sorry. This is Doug Colby. Oh, Doug Kobe. Yeah, yeah, like that that kind of driver. Um, I think Kobe was kind of like later on, but I definitely remember like Dale Quarterly, uh, Ted Christopher, Stefanik, uh, you know, just kind of those those Northeastern modified guys. Um, and Stefanik was always always had had a, a very fierce reputation as far as modifieds went. Um, so I, I definitely think it's deserved. Dale Jr. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of on the fence about it. As far as his, uh, I mean, you guys pretty much summed it up. As far as his on-track prowess, uh, I mean, not necessarily uh, one to have the, you know, the numbers like a uh, a Hall of Fame driver. Nothing with the accolades of the championships like his father, Richard Petty, et cetera, et cetera. But um, he's really grown into be uh, one of the one of the most major uh, ambassadors, I guess I would call for the sport. Um, he also life. has three Xfinity championships as an owner. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. I mean, um, for sure. Yeah. Junior Motorsports, which, um, uh, you know, it's to me has always been a de facto kind of Hendrick development team, but it's still a very important kind of staple in the Xfinity series right now. They're always at the forefront. They always have, uh, you know, top tier equipment. They're always up front for the most part, even Daniel Hemrick. I mean, yeah, he has his off moments too, but he's been coming to form lately in the eight car especially what I saw of him this past week in the doubleheaders or the, the second race, I should say at, uh, at Homestead. So yeah, juniors impact you can't, you can't talk about NASCAR in the 21st century without Dale Earnhardt Jr. Absolutely. So, but, and as far as Fred Farmer goes, um, I don't have a ton of, inf- I kept mixing them up. I think with red Byron for some odd reason. Um, but yeah, the, the name red farmer has, has, lingered around um you know in nascar history um what did you say he was one of the oldest drivers still going at 87 yeah, still alive seven still and alive he... oh god no, that that was it i think he's 87 and he's still going is he still does he i mean does he still race nowadays or... yep I mean, oh really like, that sounds like a really uh crazy question but herschel mcgriff went on for However long, um, Nick Brickle and Morgan Shepard, all those guys. So, 32, October 1932 was when Red Farmer is born. He was born well before World War II. Um, yeah, so that would put him, he, according to this, that would put him at 87, and he is indeed still going. Wow, yeah. So that's that's definitely someone I've got to do a little bit of a deeper dive on. Oh, yeah. I'm watch, I'm I'm looking up photos now. Here's this '97 car. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's super cool to see him get some yeah. recognition. I'm happy for all three of them. Yeah. So we had a lot of racing uh, this weekend. We had the Xfinity doubleheader, first ever time time we've seen the Xfinity doubleheader. Um, truck racing, a cup race. We were at Homestead in june uh supposed to be march but we were at homestead and it's we're not going back to for the end of the season 
Uh, I love Homestead. I really, truly love this track. Um, I love how the tires fall off. There's so much that needs to happen. There's a lot of... Uh, you got to be smart to drive this track. Um, it was... We saw some pretty good racing over the weekend. Uh, I have... Uh, different thoughts about the cup race, but my thoughts about the cup race didn't hinder it too much. Um, where I do think the cup race was a, was a fairly good race. Uh, but we'll start off. We had the truck series race. Uh, we had the first Xfinity series race. Um, Harrison Burton pulled one out at the very end of this race to get a win after he started on the pole. Um, Noah Gregson was incredible. Led 83 laps out of the... Uh, how many laps ran there? 167. So, led over half the race. I mean, the guy, this was a, one of the performances that we needed to see from Gregson. Because Daytona, the Daytona win is definitely cool. Um, it's a big win. To win at Daytona in anything, any time of the year, if you win at Daytona, that's incredible. You have that for the rest of your life, no matter what series it is, no matter anything. You're a winner at Daytona. Um, but then he comes and goes to Bristol, and he, he wins at Bristol. A little bit of controversy at the end of it. Uh, this is, these were this race and then the other race. I mean, I'm gonna, I don't mean to lump them together because I want to kind of, I try to go in order when we talk about races. Right. Um, he, he really showed that he, he definitely fits to this track. Uh, his driving style fits well here. Um, should have had two wins straight up. Should have had two wins at the, uh, over the weekend. He had the car to beat at both races and he did not have a short run car came down to short run, short run speed at the very end of the race. Uh, Austin Cedric finished second in the first race. Anthony Alfredo shout out to him with a fourth place finish in uh, that 21 car for Richard Childress. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. managed the top five. Uh, I think we're, we're going to be seeing him again uh, later this season, so that's awesome. Love seeing Jr. race. I was really pulling for him at the end there, but he got out of the car and said it himself. I was rusty. I was really rusty. He had no practice. He was stepping into a car for the first time, kind of like how Matt Kenseth does, but he only did one start last year. So shout mm-hmm. out to Jr. for a great race. Fifth place finish, led four laps. Um... And then go through the rest of the field here. Obviously, you know, your normal players. Uh, Michael Annette with a good finish of six. You got Chase Briscoe, Brandon Jones, Ross Chastain, Riley Herbst. Uh, J.J. Yaley on the lead lap in the double zero, which is now like a, it's a, it was SS Greenlight. Now it's like SS Greenlight Rick Ware. That's why J.J. Yaley's been in the car and Carson Ware's been in the car. Um, but overall, just a normal Xfinity Series race. Um, we actually saw some good battles for the lead. Um Love it. You know, it's Xfinity Series. It was a really great race. I, th- I think um, the, the big thing about uh, Homestead was that the, the composite bodies on the cars, which basically means that they could bounce off the wall and the body would kind of get back in shape on its own. Oh, yeah. It kind of allowed for the drivers to be a, not a, careless is a bad word because I know that they were definitely being careful with the car because they wanted to make sure that they didn't hit the wall too hard, but they didn't have to focus on making sure that the car was brought back in one piece. Like they could go and they could live on the edge and be comfortable on the edge. And we saw that all race long for the two races with Noah Gregson, with Harrison Burton, with um, uh, who was it who won the, the second race? Chase Briscoe. Yep. And, 
you know, Ross Chastain was all over the place in both of these races. So ultimately, just fantastic racing. I, I, the, the body style definitely a factor into how good the race actually was and how good the drivers were in this whole thing. It was just fantastic all weekend long. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw some different pit strategies uh, in both of these mm-hmm. races uh, with the end of stage one. And uh, Ra- or Ryan Sieg getting the win, but then Ryan Sieg just fell off the rest of the race. I mean, this race, something happened to him. Oh, he was two laps down and still ended up finishing 28th. I mean, that, that's not good. But he ended up leading uh, six, 27 laps here. I did not know that. So something more must have happened. But um, Well, Ryan kind right. To some bad luck on, in both of these races, and and specifically with the second one because he he won the first segment, uh, uh and then all of a sudden he, the pit strategy, which was intentional by the way for that thirty nine team, uh, they stayed out uh during a restart, uh, leading up to a restart while everybody else pitted, he took the lead. He lost the lead almost immediately as they went into turn one, and they were hoping for a caution to come out, which would, A, give them fresh tires, which, you know, might not even have worked. Or, or no, you know what it was? It was Ryan Sieg trying to stay on the lead lap to the end of the second stake. Uh, oh, there you go. And it did not work, because about 15 laps before the end, he was lapped. So ultimately, it was a, a good move, a, a gutsy decision, because you know the the thirty nine team uh, really didn't have the best setup on that car. They they were gonna, you know, they were gonna get their butts kicked uh, at the end of the race if they weren't on fresh tires. So uh, they they you know they wanted things to work out a little bit better, and they 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 swung for the fences. They just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... We also, uh, I guess it, we're, we're talking about both Xfinity races before we're in trucks. It's just, we've kind of, it's kind of hard to not lump them both into each other because they're back to back. Not much out of Justin Allgaier in either of these races. He just seemed to have issues um, in both races, I felt like. In the first race, yeah, he was, something was wrong. He, was he in the wall? Did he wreck? The second race, yeah. I know he was in the wall. So. Issues for Justin. I thought he was going to run really good here. It's what it is. Um, the I did not know the second race was longer. By oh, it ran another ten laps because uh, of the uh, the uh, overtime. Did mm. not realize that, but still, uh, we saw um, Chase Briscoe win that second race. Ross Chastain, who had a little bit better tires uh, there at the end. Um, on that overtime restart, got up to third. AJ Allmendinger finished fourth. Um, he won the dash for cash for this race, uh, which is weird. It's weird to think about AJ Allmendinger being a regular to the series when he's running a part-time schedule. But he won that race at Atlanta, put him into the dash for cash here uh, in the second race for Homestead. So it really did work out good for him. Um, Part-time driver, he's killing it so far this season. He's got the money. He's got a win. Uh, good for AJ. Love seeing him perform well. And again, Noel Gregson, heartbreak. He led 83 laps in the first race. He led 81 laps in the second race. Cendric uh, led a lot in this race. He led 60 of the laps. Um, ended up finishing 10th. He wrecked. He was the one who brought up that caution at the very end. Uh, only nine cars in the lead lap. Um, 
I think we continue to see Riley Herbst. Uh, I, I'm sick of, you know, I'm sorry, Riley. Riley Herbst, I, I got to talk to you. Are you are you positive that this is where you're supposed to be? I think that you should have ran a full season in trucks. Uh, Xfinity is a step up from trucks. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, we I feel like we kind of see drivers do better in Xfinity series than the truck series. If they move up from trucks to Xfinity, I think the truck series might be a little bit harder. A lot more competitive cars. Um, same time, uh, Riley, man, you gotta be able to hold your car. You gotta be able to know your line. It's just, I don't know what is going on with the 18. I want him to succeed. I'm not going to be that guy who's like, oh man, get him out of here. Even though I am kind of that guy, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, come on, dude, you're driving a Joe Gibbs monster energy Toyota, you know, one of the best cars in this series uh your teammates are winning and something it's i just think it's a little bit to do with skill uh sorry i'm not trying to be mean i'm not trying to be critical or or mean critical but i am trying to have some sort of criticism here something's got to be fixed and i just don't know if you're ready for xfinity full-time um maya snyder who had a 15th place finish first car uh, lap down in the first race Seventh place there at the end of he was on the pole for this race. I don't know how the pole how the qualifying worked out for this. Um probably an invert of sorts. But uh Wyatt Snyder finished seventh in that Ryan C uh ninety three. Uh so good for him. Um But yeah, I mean Colin Carrick got fourteenth. He was lapped down, but still that's a great finish for that team, the twenty sixth uh Sam Hunt racing team, not the country singer. So um I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw some good racing for Xfinity. I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, the, the best car didn't win both races, but that's what happens. Uh, the well, truck race, oh, if you want to go, go ahead, James. Yeah, the, that's what happens when you make your car, when you set your car up for the long runs, when it turns out to be kind of poor performing on the short runs, because both races had restarts with minimal laps to go at the most so mm-hmm. uh, the uh nine car of noah gregson was kind of in trouble both races right at the end even though he definitely had the best car in both races and, and you know it, it's interesting for me to to have seen both of these races because th- th- both as many cars as possible use the same car in race one that they did for, for race two. You were only allowed to switch cars if it was badly damaged or something. There were, there were a lot of details with that, but we saw uh, Noah Gregson kind of pound the wall down in, in the first race and they, the junior motorsports team put that car back together. They buffed the uh, right side out, and all of a sudden it was flying again. You wouldn't have even noticed that there was damage on that car uh, from the first race and the second race. So ultimately, a, a huge success of a weekend for the Xfinity Series, I think. Yeah. Um, Casey? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't don't really have a ton to add. You guys pretty much got to everything. Um, I don't know. I just kind of noted, uh, at least through stage one, I saw like a lot of the, um, the underdog, you know, the, the, not back marker teams, but I guess, um, you know, like the RSSs, the DGMs, the Clements, uh, just taking like a lot of really bold strategy moves, trying to get themselves some points. And I don't know, in my head, I was like, I'm kind of waiting for the day where eventually, 
uh, they'll be able to kind of formulate a run to really kind of challenge some of the bigger teams. And um, I don't, I don't know. It just, it seemed like they kind of faded on in both races in stage two and three, like kind of as the race went on. But um, I don't know. I think there's some really good, some really good um, underrated equipment in Xfinity that, you know, like Brandon Brown, uh, yeah. they mentioned Sieg yeah. and, and Snyder in the 93 now. So, um, there's plenty of people to root for, plenty of underdogs to kind of keep an eye on. Very happy for uh, my boy Myatt Snyder. Uh, yeah, gonna be full time rest of the season. So shout out Myatt, uh, awesome finish there in that second race. I mean, you got to keep doing that if you want to get into the top 12 in points. Where currently Hemrick is sitting 12th after missing two races. So I don't know what's gonna happen there. Um, we had some truck racing over the weekend, and I don't know. Uh, I watched it, man, and I, I just don't have much to say about it. Uh, it was your average truck race that has Kyle Busch in it. Is there anything more to say about that? He leads a majority of the laps. Uh, Chase Elliott was in it, but he wasn't much of a factor in the 24. Um, Ross Chastain was in it. He wasn't much of a factor. Still finished third. Tyler Ankrum was uh, nowhere to be found the entire race. Uh, put tires on at the end, managed to get a second place finish. Um, everybody thought Chase Elliott was going to win it there at the end because he put tires on, late race caution. Uh, but Ankrum's the one who succeeded from the tires, the new tires on the car. So, and, yeah. And Chase Elliott had a horrible restart there with maybe about five or six laps to go was the uh, green flag for that, what turned out to be the final restart. Kyle Busch set sail, um, but Chase Elliott kind of fell like a rock. Like, I think he fell back to as much as 10th. Yeah. And eventually he was able to get his wits about him and then go for what became the battle for second between Tyler Ankrum, Ross Chastain, and Johnny Sauter. He got around Johnny Sauter to get to fourth place, but you know that 24 team is upset about that finish because you know he Chase Elliott wanted to win that race so that he could stick it to the 51, who, by the way, is not Chase Elliott's biggest rival right now. Oh, yeah. But we'll, get, we'll definitely get to that huge... Uh, huge day for Tyler Ankrum, who brings the Maze Hawaii Chevrolet. Hawaii in Florida. Why do you, why do you say it like that? Hawaii. <laughs> you know, I, I saw a, a comedy special, and it was Gabriel Iglesias, and he didn't even pronounce it Hawaii. He said Hawaii. Mm. And all everyone in attendance just got up there and stood on their feet and roared with applause. So apparently, everybody in the United States has been announced Hawaii wrong. So, you know, whatever. Uh, so, uh, Ankrum brings that 2016 to uh, a huge second place finish. Much Gotta needed. Be- Much needed second place finish for him. Yeah, a huge confidence boost for him. Uh, it was Bush, Ankrum, Chastain, Elliott, Sauter. Uh, Todd Gilliland brings the 38 uh, speed co forward to sixth place. Austin Hill, uh, I would say a quiet seventh, even though he led at about 29 laps. Uh, Christian Eckes, an impressive eighth for him. Matt Craft in ninth. Ty Majeski in tenth. Majeski uh, has had a very solid season. Yep, solid is definitely the word. Uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of people are happy to see him back in a competitive team. Uh, we, we didn't really get too much of him when he was with Roush Racing in the Xfinity Series. But at the same time, he's back. He's in a competitive car. Maybe You know, and maybe 
to be totally honest with you, back when Majeski was on the team, Rush Racing might not have been particularly great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. Certainly not what they were when it was Carl Edwards and Greg Biffle share, splitting the 60 car, you know? Um, so at this, you know, it just, just not a particularly good uh, demonstration of, of Ty Majeski's ability, possibly. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm speaking as if I know the, how the how a, a, a competitive Xfinity Series team is supposed to work. I don't have a tenth of a. So you know, just good to see him back. Uh, good to see him in a competitive car, a competitive vehicle, uh, truck in this case. Because for a little while, I don't, I I wasn't sure that we would ever see Ty Majeski again because he things didn't work out with Roush. And when things don't work out in the Xfinity Series, you don't usually get a call back mm-hmm. to drive for a competitive team so uh ultimately just great to see him back because i I think he's got a lot to give you know i mentioned this um at the be the when we were you know every every podcast we have a little debrief before we get into the podcast itself uh i mentioned how we pretty much beat to the ground last week's podcast um about the confederate flags uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, Ooh, you know, yeah. all this stuff. I, I don't mean to say beat to the ground. I just mean, like, you know, we talked we, about we, it so we, much. We, um, bad choice of words. I'm, I apologize. Um, but I do want to mention uh, Ray Cicerelli. Uh, I feel like, first of all, I don't want to mention him. Uh, I don't think he deserves the spotlight. But I do feel like it's needed because he he made big headlines for some just horrible comments. Uh, I'm going to leave this sport because of the Confederate flag. I don't know if it, he just pretty much, they're going to tell me what to do. I don't want to be here. Uh, yeah. It just, it, it sucks because oh, it, he's like, I'm leaving the sport at the end of the season. And that made headlines. His picture made headlines. NASCAR driver leaving over Confederate flag ban. And it's just, it was such a bad look. And I love the amount of people who picked it up. And a lot of people looked into this guy. They're like, this guy doesn't even race in their main series. He's never finished anywhere good. Uh, you know, he's, his best point finish is like 32nd in points. Um, mm-hmm. The guy was, he, he the- pulled out his 83 truck. And, and then Bailey Curry was like, hey, I'm sorry. I, you know, we, we do our best to not swear on this podcast. And I, I do like, you know, not always swearing. But it also, I think saying a swear word might have personality for us. It might add personality. I think Bailey Curry basically said, fuck you to Ray Cicerelli. I'm not going to drive your truck. My views do not align with yours. And I don't like that. I'm out of here. And so Ray just had to drive the truck and <laughs> was the second to last car in the lead lap. Uh, or second to last car in the lead lap. Second to last car running. Um, the car below him, Greg, Clay Greenfield, Obviously had some issues finishing 12 laps down. Ray Cicerelli was the truck with the most laps down that didn't have issues beforehand. So uh, I didn't know what was going on with Clay Greenfield. I'm going to assume he had issues. His crew chief's Jeff Hammond. So, I mean, I don't know if he has the best trucks anyways. Uh, But I think in terms of skill, put Clay in front of Ray there for a little bit. Clay, I don't know how Clay feels, but definitely uh, he, he drove. Didn't he drive the stand car? Please stand. Who? Uh, yeah, the sixty-eight. So, but I think yeah. I think you know it seems that he understands the situation of what's going on in this country. Um, Ray Cicerelli does not. So he absolutely does not, and and I understand that he feels 
that he doesn't, you know, that that he feels that the Confederate flag ban is not, you know, warranted. However, unfortunately for Ray, it absolutely is. And it's gotten to the point where having an opinion that disparages an entire race of people is a bad idea. It is a bad thing. It's, you know, it's just, it totally misses the mark. And for Ray Cicerelli to act like him leaving is such a big deal when he hasn't participated full-time in any series, either in the uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series or the, uh, the, the Bush Series East, in 2006, he didn't do full-time. He ran, like, four races, didn't qualify for one of them. Uh, and in all of his ARCA years from 14 to 17, like, he, he didn't participate full-time in anything, you know? Like, Ray Cicerelli is... is, is he, he's making... Yeah, boy, he's really frustrating, you know? He, he's, he is, he's stupid. I don't know. I don't know there's, not, yeah, there's not much... Wonderful way to say it. Uh, he yeah. just follow the 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 story here, and that is that you know the 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 Confederate flag is finally being seen for what it always was. It was a sign of the Deep South that they wanted to keep slaves, and that would not stay. They the Confederacy who waved that flag as a battle flag to defend their rights, quote unquote. They. they they fought to destroy this country. Yeah, they they're, were rebelling. They were going against the United States. Yeah, there, there's no reason you should. Any American should uh, should support it. Should support the Confederate flag, and and it's mind-boggling for me because there are people up here in upstate New York who still wave that stupid flag. Right, real quick, I gotta cut in. You you ready yeah. for the you ready for the best thing? The best thing about Ray Cicerelli. I don't know where Ray is from. So I clicked on his name. Maryland. He is from Maryland. What fucking heritage do you have, buddy? You're from Maryland. Get out of here. I'm glad you're gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Maryland. Jeez. Maryland. With a population of, let's see... Uh, right around 70, 71,000 people as of 2015. Uh, so it couldn't have been that far out of Baltimore, was it? Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, kind of a big area. It's definitely not as small as Binghamton, but um, actually it's probably about the size of Binghamton, to yeah. be honest. When you, when you include uh, all of the north side, south side, east and west, it's probably about the same size as Binghamton. So Ellicott City, <laughs> nobody's ever heard of it until they listen to this show. So Yeah. Racist you know, really, you're a dumbass. Yeah. Um, a if you look at, he does his best finish with his team too. His best finish in the Xfinity, or in the truck series. I will have to give it to him as a ninth place finish. Um, but this is the same race. This is the same Michigan race. Uh, this is last season where Tyler Dipple, who ran respectable in the zero two, finished third. Bailey Curry finished sixth. Um, and then if you look down the line, Jesse Awuji finished in the lead lap as well. So Ugh. I don't know. How much that ninth place really is, you know, you beat Matt Craft and you beat Harrison Burton, but 
I mean, you didn't beat anybody else bigger than that. Christian Eckes, I mean, that's that's it. That's your Lions. Everybody else wrecked. Um, so that ninth place finish is all luck. Um, these guys stay in the lead lap because cautions fell at right times, it looks like. Um, yeah, cautions throughout the entire race. That's why nobody fell as That's why everybody was on the lead lap at the end. Uh, so, Ray, bye-bye. We see you later. We don't care. Actually, I'll never see you later because I don't care. I don't care. You're <laughs> – get out of here. We don't want you. Um, Casey, if you have anything to add there, I, I think I've cut you off five times. Uh, it's all good. Um, I, I don't really know if there's much to add. Do you want to say goodbye to – do you want to say goodbye to Ray Cicerelli? Goodbye, Ray. Um, have fun in Maryland. Uh, with even less – Fishing the Dion Cicerelli because I think you're related somehow. So, um, Dion Cicerelli, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I got to say. Um, Can I say yeah. Cicerelli? Say Ray, listen, man, y- you don't have a clue about what the Confederate flag means. You don't understand. So, please, for your own sake, read a history book, just one. Just one. Write a paper about it. Just figure out America's history. Write a paragraph. Just write a fucking paragraph. (laughs) Yeah. Just write one paragraph on what you learn about the Civil War, about what caused the Civil War, and why the Deep South seceded from the American Union. You figure that out, and maybe I'll have some Also, I want you to mention in that essay, or that paragraph we want you to write, of... Who, what group commonly uses that flag, uh, current or in current day, uh, United States? And if it's anybody other than white supremacists, I want more than a paragraph because white supremacists, that's it, that's the answer. White supremacists use that flag. You know, a lot of people gave that stupid flag for southern heritage, and you know, I just I'm befuddled that people in the deep south can be proud of what the confederacy stood for oh, yeah. it literally meant tearing the united states apart and we still have people waving uh the flag up here in binghamton new freak in york like you're in up central new york you're not of the, the confederate heritage you're not represented by the confederacy whatsoever and odds are your family, if you have family from the South, that was so long ago, that those guys are dead. Like, they're not, that's not your family. That's like your great, 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 great grandpa. I mean, may, yeah, you're related, but like, it's, a, it's like, you know, hanging out with your fifth cousin. Like, you know, is, are you guys really related? Like, no, like through 15 marriages. Yeah. Like, that's about it. The so. Confederate. The Confederate States of America had one president. That man was Jefferson Davis, who was so in deep with the belief that whites were supreme to blacks that he was just willing to go so far overboard over that. Even when the South fell, even when the Confederacy fell, uh, he was willing to just go to his grave with that theory. If you think in 2020... That he would be okay with with what's going on. I mean, again, grab a history book, just one for your own sake. 
just read about how stupid this man was, how batshit crazy this man was. Because, yeah, you see, now I'm fucking swearing. I don't uh, even care. It's fine. Yeah. It's personality. It, it's just the... Yeah. Of all the arguments that you can make, politically or ethically or whatever, the Southern... Fl the Confederate flag right now, you just, you just look dumb in yeah. every... It, you're, it, it's just so hard to respect you. It's so hard to take you seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm not really going to disparage much anyone. Uh, obviously, it's a very, you know, it's a very contested flag. Obviously, it, you know, it stands for what it stands for. It has all that political meaning, but I'm not going to I'm not going to dig into anyone. The important thing that I noticed you guys saying, though, is grab a book and educate yourself. And at, at the bare minimum i think a lot of us are having to do that right now and should be doing that right now and should yeah. these things so that at least you know is progressive i'm i'm just not going to tear anyone down over it at least not on here and you at least said by racist rally so that's all that matters yeah, yeah. um we we haven't gotten to gotten to the the cup race at all um lot there's a lot that's gone on and we have two rivalries brewing one could be more intense than the other but the other has more threats to it so i don't know it's a lot there's a lot to it yeah one yeah. has more of an opportunity to be of these drivers constantly being next to each other the other one has a threat so i don't know um first of all denny hamlin Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about him after that. Uh, he won the race, led 137 laps. I mean, that is the most by far. The next closest guy was Ryan Blaney, who led 70 laps. Ryan Blaney, this, ha you know, you, no one ever looks at this track as, uh, you know, who's good here? Uh, obviously, Kyle Larson was really good here. Tyler Reddick's been great here in the Xfinity Series. Um, but I think that's the only names you really can draw out uh, because we always look at Homestead as the championship-winning race. We only look at the the four guys going for the championship. And that's why we always know that Denny Hamlin has never been able to secure a championship here. And he comes out and wins the race. Um, you know, I don't know what it is with Denny. Because uh, he's a great driver. He has, he, you know, 40 wins is not a fluke. Um, so... Great race for Denny. Chase Elliott finished second. Ryan Blaney third. Uh, and then huge shout out to our fourth place finisher, who sh it shouldn't be a shock to anybody, and it really wasn't. It, it everybody was was enjoyed seeing Ryan uh, or Tyler Reddick who finished fourth. Everybody enjoyed seeing him run up front. He got mentioned a lot throughout the race. But the thing is, it was mentioned as well. This guy has back-to-back -back championships after making it into Homestead, winning both races at Homestead to win his championships. This what track, well, two different teams. This track suits his driving style. And he got to the Cup Series. He knew that he had a steel body, not the composite body. So he was prepared for that. And he kept the car off the wall. He, Homestead down the line, this is going to become Tyler Reddick's home. Uh, I think... If he, I, I could see it next year being a race he wins. Um, I thought this year could be a race that he, if he's gonna win any race in his rookie season, that I thought could have come here, could come here at Homestead. The dude ran top five all race, ran top three all race. Um, so shout out to him. Eric Almarola snuck in for a fifth place finish. Um, 
I don't even remember him being mentioned throughout the race, but at the same time, he was always up there. So, shout out to Eric Almarola. Uh, Kyle Busch, six. Austin Dillon, uh, congratulations on your firstborn, Ace. Um, Ace Dillon here. Ace RC Dillon. I think the RC must stand for uh, the reason you're in that three car. Your grandfather, Richard Childress. No, that's that's literally it. That's the reason he's in the three. It's his grandpa. That's not a stab. Yep. Uh, it's actually a nice compliment to hit Richard Childress, you know? Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Austin. Great day. What a great day for him. Um, okay. And then another rookie in that top ten. No surprise, uh, one of the Dirt Superstars, uh, Christopher Bell, finishes eight. One of the Dirt Superstars at Homestead, right? Uh, seems if you're good on Dirt, you're going to be good at Homestead. Uh, Byron got a top ten, finishing ninth, Kozlowski. 10th um couple a couple names i want to mention throughout the, the running order here uh, this seems like matt Benedetto is having a steady season he's having a very paul menard season in his first year for the 21 um having some shines uh, or some some races where he, he is shining he's up in the top three top five and i know where then falls off near the end of the race uh but finished mm-hmm. in the lead lap here bubba wallace got 13th he has been Really steady this season. That team, Richard Penny Motorsports, looking a little bit better this season. I mean, the Chevrolets uh, have a different body. We've seen the Chevrolets run really good this season. They are equal. They, From my, what I can gather right now, the Chevrolets are now equal to the Fords and Toyotas, and that's good. Yeah. We want these cars to be equal. We don't want a body difference to be the reason we're not seeing the Chevrolets run good, and I think that that's the reason. I think that's why we haven't seen these Chevys run good. Um, with, I mean, the, win, the drivers who've won this season, the drivers who've been up front this season, um, and Bubba Wallace is no exception to that. He are, he's been running a much better with a team that we know isn't that good. Um, they after everything with uh, the last couple weeks for Bubba Wallace. Uh, there's been some big name sponsors being interested in him. Uh, Alvin Kamara showed up from the saints to support yeah. Bubba Wallace at the race. That's awesome. Alvin, welcome to the sport. He wants to come back to another race. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, John's or uh, Jimmy Johnson, first car lap down. He's, you know, Homestead's a track that's always been good to him. So I was really hoping for a better run for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot to talk about because Chase Elliott could have had a chance to win this race. Mm. Ultimately, I do think that Denny Hamlin would have gotten around Chase Elliott naturally because that pass was made with about 30 laps to go. However, the, the, the question becomes the way in which that pass was made. Now, right at that moment, Chase Elliott was closing in on a, on a you know, for lack of a better word, a back marker. Joey Logano had his nose torn up in on pit road and he wasn't able to recover from it. Not, not, not even slightly. And Joey Logano somehow thought it was a good idea to kind of interject himself into the battle for the lead. Remember Logano finished 27th after his uh, problems with his nose on pit road that down. in that moment. Yeah. Two laps down. And it, it required a lot of work, so he was basically knocked out of contention. By the way, 26th, Kevin Harvick, 25th, Matt Kenseth. Not a good day for uh, established names in NASCAR. Ryan Newman, 30th. So 
uh, ultimately just uh, Logano decided to uh, kind of pay Chase Elliott back for what he says Chase Elliott took away a, a win at Bristol. I say absolutely baloney. Uh, but still, at the same time, 30 laps to go. Denny Hamlin, the best car of the day, led 137 laps in total. He was definitely going to get around Chase Elliott uh, there at the end. And Chase Elliott kind of lost his cool there. He tried. He was about two-tenths of a second back. There was a lot of space between him and Joey Logano entering turn one, the lap the pass was made. If you want to do the slide job, you need to be right on his bumper the moment you make the pass, the moment you take the dive straight to the bottom of the racetrack. Uh, Noah Gregson proved that to be the way to do things several times in the Xfinity races. Uh, Elliot did not do that. He dove to the bottom way too early, way too far off of Joey Logano's back bumper, and he couldn't slide up in front of Joey Logano. He had to slow down so that he didn't plow into him and ruin Joey Logano's day even further, which he probably deserved, to be totally honest with you. Uh, but Hamlin able to get by, and, and ultimately it was just that uh, Denny Hamlin was the faster car. But at the same time, he, he, he took the he basically interjected himself into a uh, into what would have been a nice battle between Hamlin and Elliott. He kind of ruined it. Chase was catching him at the end of that race. There was about to be a battle there uh, for the finish. And I was really excited about that. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I just quick note. I, I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, I felt like this race was similar to Charlotte um, with clean air meant a lot. Uh, we did see passing. Uh, we did. See, we saw some great passes. Uh, and a couple things I noticed, though, uh, twice we saw a driver pass for the lead and then immediately get lose the lead and then can't can't couldn't get it back. We saw it, I think, twice. Once with Ryan Blaney, once with Chase Elliott. Uh, Chase Elliott, however was managing to catch Hamlin after that. And yeah. um it just seemed like the cars stalled out when they got it was they got closer than they could at Charlotte, but the cars just stalled out when they got to close, close to the uh front car. Uh and it was like that through the top four. Because the top four with like twenty to go, was like within a uh, one and one and a half seconds from each other. That's fairly yeah. close. Um, so it, it was too bad. I was really pulling there for Tyler Reddick. I really wanted Reddick to pull the upset here. Um, but I was also pulling for Ryan Blaney because yeah. Blaney has had just a, a lot, so many races this season. He's looked really good. He's looked incredible. Um, and then just can't get the seal the deal. I don't know who's going to win first, you know, between like him and Kyle Busch. Cause it seems like, you know, Kyle Busch, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a win yet this season. And then Ryan Blaney has been there at every race. He's been up front. So just, uh, unfortunate, you know, I, I, I think that, um, Logano, man, he just, I, I I have tried, um, hard this season to really, uh, not be super biased for Cup Series drivers at least, 
and I give everybody a fair shot. Um, I gotta say, I mean, most of my most of my fanhood in NASCAR, um, I I thought Joey Logano just I don't know what made him get the twenty two car. He was running better in that twenty car before he went to the twenty two, but then he went to the twenty two was incredible. Um, a lot of I I couldn't I can't take that away from him. He I mean he's now he's a champion in the sport and uh, a winning driver. He's got two wins this season. Um, but it's just he's starting to grow this rivalry with Chase Elliott, and I I understand being upset about Bristol. But at the same time, I mean, what are you going to do? How can you fault somebody for trying to win a race? He we pushed it in there. Chase Elliott, you have all rights to be mad at that, but I, I hate when it spills over to the way this one did. Because Chase Elliott was in the lead lap going for the win against not Joey Logano's teammate, actually someone who Logano has issues with as well, or has had issues with in the past, Denny Hamlin. And... Just got in the middle. You know what? He cost me a race. I'm going to cost him a race. Well, he costed you a race while he was going for the lead. You costed him a race going a second lap down. That's, in my opinion, uncalled for. I don't, I don't know if it really truly did cost Chase Elliott that, this win. Uh, he was not the leader at the time of this happening. Uh, but I do think it, it costed him a chance to have a shot there at the end to go for it. I think you are completely correct. My my big thing with uh, Logano is that none of his hate for Chase Elliott is particularly warranted. First, it started with the 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 wreck that uh, Logano was in the moment they went past any Hamlin at Bristol. Logano lost it heading into three, hit the wall. Chase Elliott's front bumper was close, but there was no contact and immediately after that Logano showed his displeasure with Chase Elliott hitting him as I hold quotation marks like crazy with my uh, fingers there was no contact whatsoever but Logano still showed his displeasure for the contact that didn't exist now Chase Elliott did not was not completely correct with how he handled that restart because remember he instantly went to the outside and that was just stupid. He, he could have waited one turn before he went back to the outside for when the cars were, fur, were, were at, at speed, basically. He did not wait. He instantly went to the top on the restart, and it bit him. Now, Logano was not going to win that race whether or not Chase Elliott drove it in there because with five laps to go and a lot of damage to Ch- Joey Logano's car, he was going to get beat either by Chase Elliott or by somebody else. Uh, so, first of all, Logano did not lose the race per- purely because of uh, Chase Elliott. He lost contention of to to compete in the race because of Chase Elliott. Yeah. That on that contact where both he and Elliott sp- just go straight into the wall in three and four was because contact off of two. It, it, Logano has done this before too. Remember Vegas a couple of years ago, he lost control in the middle of the back straightaway, flew straight into Kyle Busch. Now he saved it, but whatever. And in Bristol, it's impossible to, to save that. Uh, when when Logano and Elliott came off turn two, there was contact. Logano's uh, uh, left rear and Chase Elliott's right front. Elliott had zero control over that car heading into three. He he needed to to save it. 
He wanted to save it because if he did, he'd have a chance to win the race. He didn't save it. Both of them go straight into the wall. There is no reason for Logano to hold on to that hate. Because you want to know what it makes you look like. It makes you look like an old man when you have hate like that. And, and when, you, when, you, when, you, when you hold that over the head of someone who's battling for the win when you're about to be two laps down, it makes you look like a petulant old man. And it, when you're doing that to the most popular driver in NASCAR by far at this point, it makes you look like a stupid petulant old man. Joey Logano, I love Joey Logano. He's a great driver. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, especially with his career resurgence at Penske. But with this right now, he's not doing himself any favors. None oh, yeah. whatsoever. So, uh, I know, Casey, we actually have not heard from you about the Logano situation. Is Chase Elliott? Um, oh, with the whole thing at Bristol, um, I had seen that I... I had kind of seen it as an ambitious move on Chase's part, but you know, at the same time, it's racing. Yeah, but, I, but but what about for the cup race? Oh, that's what he's talking about. Uh, not for no for the uh, the most recent the Homestead race. No oh, Homestead. Um, I had missed it entirely. Um, I was working before I could even catch it. Oh. So well, I, I I just I came home and saw that uh, Hamlin had won. So congrats to the eleven team. Um, I feel like yeah, I feel I, like uh, you know we 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 talked a lot about Chase and and Logano and I mentioned how there's another rivalry brewing and uh, I don't know how much you know we have to talk about this. Um, the four three of us listened to um the most recent Sunday Money podcast, which just came out, um where Corey LaJoy has been having some issues with Denny Hamlin on Twitter. Uh, he gave us a timeline for this Twitter beef that started back when the iRacing happened. He went on to the iRacing service, ran particularly well, uh, had a lot of weird issues, should have had better finishes near the end, uh, brake pedal uh, broke uh, at North Wilkesbury. Wilkesbury, wow. At North <laughs> Wilkesbury is a freaking PA place close to here. Uh, North Wilkesboro, and uh, but it had a top five there, so... He got onto the service because Denny Hamlin called him out. Uh, and then he posted his heart race heart rate for the whole race, uh, The what the graph showed. Uh, high heart rate throughout the entire race of Atlanta. Denny Hamlin called him out again. Said, you know, that's why we can't rely on you in the fourth quarter. Was had to deal with the basketball league that Hamlin does with the drivers. So, I feel like unwarranted there for him to call that out. And because Denny Hamlin posted his heart rate and it was a lot lower, but then Jimmy Johnson posted his heart rate and it was just as high as, as, uh, Corey LaJoy's. So it just kind of made Hamlin's point look dumb. He shouldn't have called him out like that. There was no reason. And Corey LaJoy makes the comment that a lot of people do who have lesser cars than the other person in the argument, which is, let's trade cars. Let's see what I'm like if I drive the 11 and you drive the 32. Not that that would ever happen. It's just that, you know, it just, you know, obviously. I think anybody listening to this podcast, doesn't matter who you are, if you're living under a rock, then maybe you'll miss it, but the 32 is nowhere near the car of the 11. I mean, that's a team 
that was in the championship four last season. Corey LaJoy has go fast has never been fast. So it's just like, uh, no offense to 32. They've made strides since they first got into the sport. Um, with Matt Benedetto, they made a lot of strides, and Corey LaJoy has been respectable. Corey LaJoy has not had a horrible season. Um, he's sitting right now uh, 27th in points. Uh, last season, he finished uh, 29th, um, but he's had two top 20s. Three, oh, wow, that's a lie. He has a top 10. He has four top 20s this season uh, out of 12 races. I think for the 32 team, that's pretty good. Um, you know, there's not much that we expect from the 32, but it's great to see them, especially when, it, when they went to, when, the, when they went, went to, oh my God, can I speak? When they went to Martinsville, where the 32 actually beat Denny Hamlin, uh, and they, uh, Corey LaJoy called that out as that's a driver's track where you, it's more about the driver than the car. And I say that, uh, with a little star next to Rick Ware and, uh, premium. So they don't count, but that's just what it is. Um, every, we, I mean, I don't think there's any argument that the 32 is anywhere close to the 11. So, kind of, it's just, you know, a little bit of Twitter beef that kind of escalated to more than just, you know, fun jabbing at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, they, they, and what, what it was, Corey LaJoy, you know, said something after, um, you know, Martinsville about, you know, hey, beat the 11, but... We're going to go to Homestead, but then he kind of made it a little personal. He made a little jab at the 11, saying, oh, there's no pressure this time, you know, to go win for Hamlin. And you know what? It's, I think, I feel like someone should, especially for Denny Hamlin, should read that and they should be like, hell yeah, I'm going to go out and win the race. And he did. He did go win that race. That's awesome. But at the same time, it's what happened afterwards, after that comment. Um, at least from what we are told from Corey LaJoy. Now look, Corey LaJoy has uh, just, you know, there's nothing that's ever drawn red flags about him. Uh, He he hosts a podcast, that Sunday Money podcast. He's always on it. And, you know, when a driver does that, you get a sense of the person. Uh, They're very real. And um, I feel like there was nothing that, you know, he doesn't hide anything. He has no reason to lie. Nothing. He came out and said that Denny Hamlin texted him, texted the owner, texted the general manager of the teams, and texted the crew chief of the 32 and said, uh, you know, something about you're going to have a wrecked car. Hope you guys, you know, enjoy now that you're going to have a wrecked car uh, post-Homestead, pretty much. Uh, that's what Corey LaJoy said. Pushing uh, 40. What? Which, first of all, you should not do when you're pushing 40. Yeah, uh, age for Hamlin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's up yeah, there. 39. He's going to be turning... He is turning 40 this year in November. Yep. Um. So, really, like, come on, dude. Like, you don't... Ha- like, wh- who does that? Who does that? You know, it, it's like you have no regard. These cars are expensive. And so, what... Uh, Corey LaJoy said is that the uh, owner of the team went to Steve O'Donnell. And Steve O'Donnell said, we now see this. We know that you want to do it. This will be worse than the Matt Kenseth suspension to uh, after wrecking Logano at Martinsville. 
Um, because we know it. It's premeditated. We know what's going to happen. If you do it, you're done. You're suspended. And uh, it didn't happen. We didn't see anything. And Hamlin went out and won the race. And that's what you should do. Go out and win the race. Go do what he said. Because um, a win's a win. You get to take the win. He should not have said anything. And it's just, I don't know. It's really dumb. Obviously, there was no screenshots. Uh, the YouTube video was taken down of Sunday Money, but Sunday Money is still up. The most recent episode on Spotify. Um, like Hamlin came out and said that that's false, which, again, how? why does Corey LaJoy have any reason to lie about this? He has no reason to lie. I mean, who wants to be in an argument? If this happened, obviously, I, I'm thinking it happened. The ball's in Hamlin's court. If something happened, pr- and you're saying it didn't, then prove it. You know, it, it, it's it's very difficult to pick sides in this because, first of all, if it is true, then Denny Hamlin is a psycho. If it's not true, then Corey LaJoy is a psycho. Now, he has, he is, he assumedly has, assumedly, is that even a word? He supposedly, yeah, that's a word. He supposedly evidence that this conversation was held in the way that it was. I would greatly prefer if he presented it, but if, in any case, it, it does sound like it was a, a story that actually happened because if Steve O'Donnell was contacted about this and had that meeting with Corey, Corey LaJoy and Denny Hamlin and... You know, it, to, by the way, we can't we can't forget that the podcast was taken down. That episode of the podcast was taken down. And it was taken down for a reason. Yeah. You know, we you know we we we're kind of talking like conspiracy theorists at this moment because we have no way uh, of verifying the truth on this. But there has to have been a reason why that episode of the podcast was taken off of Twitter mm-hmm. and YouTube. And where, you know, wherever it would be that it was taken down. And, you know, there has to be a reason for that. And right now, all the fingers are pointing at Denny Hamlin. If Denny Hamlin is doing this, it's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for his team. It's not a good look for Joe Gibbs Racing. It's not a good look for FedEx either. No, not at all. Um, We'll see what happens here. Um going forward uh obviously this is a developing situation because mm. again with that being deleted uh hamlin tweeted out three hours ago that whole lol this is false um not a good way to go about it um no again if you, it is false prove it and i tell you what it's hard to believe proof because he could easily just delete the text he could right. and then take a screenshot so, yeah but the, the other thing about it is it's the two sides of the same coin. I would really love Corey LaJoy to prove it. He'd have to post uh, the pictures of the text, like screenshots of the texts on Twitter for the entire world to see. If yeah. he does, then the argument is all, all, all in his favor. And Denny Hamlin has no ground to stand on whatsoever. So and make uh, him look bad. It's not the first time we've seen Denny Hamlin get into it with a young man. Remember the incident he had with Chase Elliott at huh? Martin's? years ago he went through hell after that race because of how loudly he was booed immediately afterwards and how things wound up in phoenix by the way joey logano take notes uh 
So right now, Denny Hamlin may be kind of on the defensive. I don't think tweeting LOL, this is false, is a great defense. Um, but, you know, honestly, if I, if I were him, I would just stay silent until this whole thing blows over, uh, especially with regard to, to Corey LaJoy. But right now, hopefully this is the end of it. Like, hopefully we, we don't see anything between Corey LaJoy and Denny Hamlin on the racetrack. Because right now, as the schedule is, and I was just looking at it, uh, it's, a, it's a couple of big racetracks. It's Talladega next week, obviously. Then it is uh, home uh, Pocono, and then I think Michigan, and I think Kentucky. So oh, those yeah. are all big race tracks. If you take somebody out of those race tracks, it's gonna hurt. You know, like big Fast. time. Yeah, not 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 good. Not even remotely close. I don't think we're I don't think we're at a short track for another month or two. So uh, you know, it's just not a good idea to take somebody out at one of those big race tracks, and just not a good idea to behave like this if you want to be held uh at a at a level of you know class like jeff gordon who only had one blip on his entire radar or um you know uh uh let's see here um david pearson or richard petty who were could be are still considered two of the greatest of all time so you know you you just can't you just can't do that especially on social media when everyone's watching yeah so, you mentioned Talladega. We're uh, over an hour into this podcast, not too far over an hour. Um, crazy that we're hitting another super speedway here. Uh, it just seems seems like yesterday, uh, Newman's wreck happened. Um, but we got some picks to make. Uh, our picks. I haven't been paying attention to points. Uh, Casey's missed a couple picks, so our picks are just for fun. So I'm no longer gonna. Pick. I, I might start doing some crazy picks. By the way, I did do one with Matty Benedetto winning Bristol. Uh, I might go even crazier for this weekend at Talladega. Uh, and while I'm saying that I'm crazy, uh, I think I haven't gone first in a couple weeks. I'll go first right now. Go ahead. Uh, so Xfinity series. Oh, first of all, first of all, before we get into the picks, uh, James Davison, uh, Road Ringer. Uh, who has done some races for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series. Uh, he's also ran Indianapolis the Indy 500 past couple years. Uh, he's running the 77 uh, for Spire Motorsports. That was supposed to be a deal that was supposed to happen back in... Um, February in, for the 500. In, yeah, for the 500. Uh, but now it's happening here. I don't know. There has not been any announcements by NASCAR of if he's cleared for this. Um Part of me thinks he would be cleared because of Indy, but road courses are nowhere near the same thing as um, super speedway racing. There's no practice. Uh, there's I don't even think there's, I don't know if there's qualifying this weekend. Is there qualifying this weekend? Um, let's see here. If we can find out, um, I'm assuming there isn't. There's no practice and no qualifying. So. Yeah. The first laps of James da- James Davison in a cop car are gonna be at a super speedway are gonna, are gonna be, be yeah. So yeah. I don't know how that's gonna go. Um, it might he, I almost feel like I I learned about uh, L W Wright in this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who L W Wright is. Yes or no? I have no idea. Casey, no. 
Uh, L.W. Wright is a guy who paid money uh, to buy a car off of Sterling Marlin in 1982, I think. Um, said that he is an accomplished driver in NASCAR's lower series and bought the car, ran at Talladega, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, did not. He, it was an engine issue is what that was, what was said, but, uh, he wrecked the qualifying car. They fixed it. Said he had an engine issue for the race. Uh, NASCAR actually deemed him apparently, uh, too slow. Uh, and then he was gone. He vanished, nowhere to be found. All his checks bounced. And to this day, no one knows who it was. No one knows who he is. No one has any leads on this guy. Nothing. Uh, that was, um, the Slapshoes video, no? I don't know if that was a, I don't know. He probably made a video on it. So anyway, anyway. Uh, it's a whole article, the curious case at LW Wright on racing reference. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's not the same situation because we all know who James Davison is, but it's like, Hey, here, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this ride. I'm going to drive in this race. Uh, even though he's never done anything, people are like, how did you get here? It's just funny to me to think about, cause I just learned about LW right this weekend or this week. Um, so just weird, weird for me. I don't know how he's going to do the race, but if he's approved, then he's approved. Then who knows what will happen for James Davison. Maybe he'll pull an upset, <laughs> but um, back to the picks. Unless you guys have anything to say about James Davison. Nope, not a thing. All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, uh, Xfinity Series first. Um, I think that, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> I think there's a, a lot of, I love Talladega because anybody has a chance to win. Um, I think what we saw at Daytona is that the cars, um, if you're, don't have a, a normally a good car, uh, you're not going to, you, you're going to fall off. You're not going to be as good in, uh, you know, even though it's a big equalizer. Um, I think the difference is there's no practice or qualifying. So the cars could be a lot more equal, uh, at this race. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see. I'm going to go with some, I'm going to, I'm going with a crazy pick. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a crazy pick for this race. Um, this guy was very impressive last season in one of the super speedway races in the zero eight, uh, almost won the race, almost put himself into the playoffs for Xfinity series. Uh, he is back running a super speedway race. I think Greg Galding is going to get revenge of a race. He, I think he should have won last season and he's going to win the Xfinity series race. Uh, I'm crazy, I know, but I I want to go crazy because I I I felt for Gray when that he lost that race. I mean he that was huge that second place finish. Uh, proved that he knows how to run these super sweeter races. So hopefully you're, he has a good race. I, what? You're a psycho right there, my uh, friend. I love it. I love it. Um, my other pick is Ross Chastain. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, the Cup Series race. Um, I think that I'm not going to go super crazy with this one. Uh, this guy's really good at super speedways. And I think what's better for, um, him for this race in this, this team that he's on 
is that both drivers on this team are now both pretty good super speedway racers, and I think they'll both work together really good whenever there's a situation that the two can work together. Um, I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. I think Kurt Busch has had a a really steady, a, a pretty good season up to now. Uh, mm-hmm. always just, he's never really a factor for the win, but he's been a factor, like top 10, like every race he's been top 10. Uh, that one car has been, uh, multiple times a top Chevrolet finisher. Um, so I really feel like, uh, Kurt knows how to run these super speedway races. He likes super speedways. We haven't really talked about Kurt Busch, uh, super speedway wise recently, other than his, uh, was it 2017? He won the 500. Um, 2018. Well, I forgot what you won the 500 and the 41. When it when that piece of the the grass was on his hood. Um, yeah. but still, Kurt's a great Super Speedway racer. And uh, with Matt Kenseth being his teammate, we've seen Matt Kenseth be really good in the Super Speedways. Two 500s. I mean, the guy knows how to run these uh races. Um, I think it's gonna be a little bit better for both of them. Uh. Because Kyle Larson, I think it's not a secret. He never really was. Uh, no one looked at. If you thought about Super Speedways and Kyle Larson, you thought about 2013. So, with the Xfinity race, right? But, you know, that's that's it. That's what you think about. Um, so, that's my pick for the Cup Cup race. Um, uh, Dark Horse because I like doing this now. John Hunter Nemechek. No explanation. Good picks. Uh, random fantasy, William Byron. Uh, no faith in that. There we go. None whatsoever. Uh, I just don't like. I don't like William Byron. Willie B on the super speedways. That's it. Um, I, maybe he'll shock me. Uh, yeah. but Willie B super speedway. I just uh, he, he maybe someday he doesn't have it figured out right now. Okay. Um, I, I guess I'll go next. And my pick for the Xfinity Series race, I'm gonna, I've made this pick a couple of times, but I also think he's just overdue for a big moment. I'm going to pick the number seven junior motorsports machine of Justin Allgaier. I just think that he has been very good, even though his finishes have, haven't been all that good lately. And I think the, the younger players on the racetrack are going to get a little bit too excited. I think they're going to take each other out. And I think it is going to be the veteran of Justin Allgaier going, going to victory lane at the very difficult, very fast, very smooth Talladega motor speed, uh, Talladega super speedway for the uh, uh, dark horse, by the way, if we're going to go that route now, uh, I guess I'm going to have my dark horse be Michael Annette. He is not, been remarkable lately but i i do think that uh talladega is a great track for junior motorsports i think he might be up there in that battle as well for the cup series race i think this man has been in contention to win every single race this year uh maybe except california he was good in california but you know Ultimately, it was between his teammate Alex Bowman and uh, uh, Ryan Blaney. My pick is the number nine Mountain Dew Little Caesar Chevy of Chase Elliott. I think his win last year was absolutely fantastic for him, but he's also been incredible this year. He's had cars set that since we've come back, especially, he could win in every single one of those races. I think he's going to be okay in Talladega. I think he gets it done. 
dark horse choice. You know, it's going to be tough, but I think Chris Buescher gets something done. I think the 17 car has just been so darn good at Talladega in recent years, with Rick, mostly with Ricky Stenhouse. I think Chris Buescher is a better driver all around. I think maybe he surprises the world and uh, does something with that. My fantasy pick last week was uh, 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 that Nemechek kid. Um, My dark horse. That yep. kid. John Hunter Nemechek. My pick for this week is his teammate, Michael McDowell. Not bad for the super speedways. Not bad for the super speedways. Not that at all. Up, dude. The, the, the thing of it is that the, the, the front row racing teams have gone to victory lane at Talladega before mm-hmm. with David Reagan and David Gilliland pushing each other to victory. Now, at the same time, I think there's an opportunity for something like that to happen again. I think we see the, the front row racing machines uh, go, work well together, work very well together. We've seen it done several times before on restrictor plate tracks. I think they have a great restrictor plate program. I think Michael McDowell gets a top 10. Casey. Round it out, brother. Hang on, okay. Um... Let's see. For expense. I, I just have a feeling. And until I think the uh, Pocono race, June 27th. Uh, let's see. Alex LeBan. I don't know. All right. Let's go. That's a dark horse pick. I don't know. I just have a good feeling about DGM at Super Speedways with it being a great equalizer. Um, mm. Probably with the second RSS car is going to be up there too. You never know. You never know. And I feel like LeBeige is going to get lucky, probably miss a record two or five or all of them and win. Um, and I don't know. With Cup, I guess I'm going to go with a little bit more of a kind of a dry take. I think Brad Kozlowski is going to get it done. And he has done it many times before Yep. Um, at Talladega in the past, even with the um, – I'm trying to think. There was a little bit of – I mean, there was scrutiny with the way he won – one of them a few years ago, but I think that was other circumstances. But regardless, Brett Kozlowski knows what he's doing at Talladega, not just when he's got um, – when he's, um, in the words of Carl Edwards fans, turning their favorite driver across his bumper to wreck them to win. But um, – Oh, yeah. I can't that. <laughs> oh, no, Brad Kozlowski, not for a second. Right, right. <laughs> no, I know. That was, um, but you're right. A lot of people got mad. Yeah, uh, unrightfully so in my opinion, but that's for yeah. another time. I think Kez is going to get it. That's that. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Uh, our boy that we never talk about anymore. And it's really sad because um, he, we, we were on a real big streak. And I don't. I think everyone here forgot about him. He is back this weekend. Yes. Brendan God, let's go. He's going to be long gone to the lead. Uh, uh. He's my he's my new dark horse. Get rid of John Hunter. My dark horse is Brendan Gone. My dark horse is Brendan Gone. Brendan Gone. That's I love him. Happy he's back. Uh, also, shout out to myself. I am thirty first in points for the uh, the uh, ra- random fantasy racing. I have no fucking clue. How I'm 31st in points. Because I feel like none of my drivers have really done anything spectacular. Um, 
Let's find out where everyone else is. Uh, Casey Lester is 929th in points. Oh, I can't wait to hear where James I am. James You are 810th in points. How yeah. the hell am I 31st? How did that happen? I have an average finish of like it rounding it up to 14th. I have an average finish of 14th. I have no idea how I have that. Hunter decided to give me the 53 for a ton of races in a row. Then John Hunter Nemechek for a race he didn't have a prayer. And then, then oh, just so many bad things. All of the bad things happened to me there for a little while. My and, worst? You know, yeah. Arguably, things are still aren't that great. My worst uh, driver I had was uh, the 51 at Atlanta back when it was supposed to happen. And then that race didn't happen. So now the worst driver I've had since then, uh, well, at least the worst finish I've had is actually a tie for uh, two guys who finished 29th. One was Kyle Busch. Doesn't that suck when you have Kyle Busch for random fantasy and he has a bad race? Um, <laughs> that sucks. I feel like that's just my luck. Um, but also, I had Cole Custer, who, again, is just a nothing. So hopefully Willie B doesn't wreck this week. And... Uh, he uh, gets me some points. Get me back up there in the top ten in points. Um, can't thank you guys enough for checking out the Back of Card Podcast, episode 16. Uh, you loyal listeners, we love you. Um, anything else, guys? Close out the podcast. Boop, 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 boop. There it is. Casey? Um, there it is. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm at the end of my room. All right, guys. Have a fantastic, uh, however, whatever's whatever's left in your day that you're listening to this. I hope it's fantastic. The final hour on the East Coast of well, your day. <laughs> well, for us when we record yeah. it, not for whoever listens to it. Well, shush! You're breaking the fourth wall. Today. You get what I mean. <laughs> the fourth wall is absolutely destroyed. Goodbye, right. everybody.